All right, busy week right here in Duval. Today, a couple of new players, or actually one new player, Calvin Ridley, uh, met the local pest, and a couple of guys have been here as well for uh, some time. Trevor Lawrence getting ready for his third year, Foyer Aluicon as well, year two coming up. And, of course, also later this week, we're going to get an opportunity to sit down with both general manager Trent Bulky and head coach Doug Peterson to talk about the draft which is right around the corner. Rick Ballew with Hayes Carline. We call it Death Taxes and Duval. Hayes, how are you? I am doing great, Rick. Great to talk with you. Excited that uh, we got some players back in the building. Uh, you know how I am. It could be football season year-round as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, very, very happy day for me. I do want to thank our sponsor, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, again, for your car insurance needs. I can't emphasize this enough because uh, John just saved me a bunch of money. I. Uh, you really need to consistently have a pro looking at your car insurance. Uh, and, and give John a call, 471-7155. Just let him look over your policy and see if he can beat it. He's either going to say, nope, your policy looks great, uh, stick with who you have, or he's going to be able to save you some money. And trust me when I say this, he has saved me money just now. I mean, my car insurance jumped. And it was it was like, why did this happen? I, I gave John a, a call, and John was able to save me a lot of money. So, uh, so I can't uh, I can't tell you guys enough. It, we all have to have car insurance. Don't be paying too much for it. Make sure you've got the most efficient plan that you can have and the most affordable. Give John Spicklemeyer a call four seven one seven one five five Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. And yeah, Rick, it was it was. You know, I, I thought really interesting. Sometimes, you know, with these things, you don't really know what you're going to get. Uh, but you, again, you can tell the familiarity, how important that is, the culture in place with Doug Peterson going into year two. And uh, it, it, I thought each guy really brought something interesting uh, to the table. First off, with Trevor, it was just, uh, it was interesting seeing him. He looks, you know, more muscular. I'd say in in the arms that he he's added a little bit of body armor there. But just it, he he talked about it took a while for him to get fully healthy. I uh, you know he took a, a a pretty good break from everything and uh, you know and and did get back to 100 percent. And and then just hearing him kind of go through what he worked on, what he watched, and I uh, you know it, it was really really interesting hearing him kind of go through that. And, uh, you know, and, and again, expectations are going to be a big part of this. And uh, I thought he had a, a really refreshing take. He was like, look, last year didn't end the way we wanted it to end. You know, we feel like, yeah, we had a good season, but, you know, we need to start the way that we were able to finish last year. And, you know, we feel like last year was the floor or sort of his comments. Really cool stuff to hear uh, from the from the franchise quarterback. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, expectations are certainly up. I, I think it um, is going to be a real fun offseason around here, and it has been so far. And, you know, Trevor, year three, he's only 23. He'll be 24 in October. I, I think we're all patiently waiting uh, to see what he does with his body. Probably a little bit undersized when he got here outside of Clemson, you know, after three years there. Uh, certainly he got bigger in year two, but it's good to hear uh, that he is uh, continuously working hard at at uh, redefining his body. And, you know, phase one got underway earlier in the week for the Jaguars. This is often overlooked. I, I think it gets much more recognition in the college game than it does in the pro game. But if this team is really going to contend, a lot of things have to happen. Certainly they need to 
continue to improve in the ditch, both on the offensive and defensive line, to get bigger, to get stronger. But I also constantly worry about the durability of quarterbacks, and that includes Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you got to protect him, but you also want him to do what he has to do to get bigger, faster, and stronger. So phase one, very important for the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it was he told a really cool story about Luke Fortner as well, because that's a kind of we, we that's that's a back burner, I think, storyline. Obviously, a front burner is Calvin Ridley's, uh, you know, debut with the Jaguars, his first season here. Uh, Trevor and Doug going into year two is is certainly a big time storyline and, and, you know, where they're going to be able to take the nuances of the offense. One, though, that I think is a little underplayed is the relationship between quarterback and center because that's just such a vital part of football. And Trevor with Fortner last year, a year ago, Luke Fortner wasn't even a Jaguar. He hadn't been picked yet. Trevor Lawrence was coming off you know, a, a nightmarish season in terms of the environment that he was placed in under Urban Meyer. Uh, and so you look now, you fast-forwarded a year to where Trevor Lawrence is and his development – Luke Fortner now now having that all important off season where you're not worrying about the draft process, you're able to focus on you know just what you need to do to get better at your craft, and I think that's really underplayed. I asked Trevor about Fortner and and you know kind of how far they were able to come in in Fortner's rookie year. Trevor told a great story. He said that uh, talked about Fortner's uh, smarts on the field, and he said there was an instance last season where they broke the huddle and got to the line, and Fortner called out cover zero before Trevor had it. And, uh, and, and centers just don't do that. You, you, just don't, you just don't see that. It's, it's not really part of what Fortner's supposed to do, but he was smart enough to recognize it and relay it before the quarterback could. And uh, I thought that was really uh, interesting that, that Trevor shared that. And he basically was like, look, at, early on we had to kind of keep it simple – you know, Luke had to kind of keep it simple. He's the one directing the traffic because, you know, that was the easiest way for him to play at his best. Uh, but now his processing is is so much faster that uh, and you know they've got really most of the line back. Uh, arguably, they'll all be back if Walker Little ends up being the right tackle and left guard remains a Barch, uh, you know, Shatley uh, tandem. Then uh, it, it was just it was really cool hearing that because that's the kind of stuff that I think on third down in the red zone is so vital. If that center and quarterback can be on the same page in terms of anticipating what the opponent is getting ready to do, I think it leads to the ultimate dissection of what an offense can do to a defense. And looking forward, outside 2023, really the only certainty in 24 and 25 is Luke Fortner ahead of Trevor Lawrence, you can That's make right. the case that the, uh, the two to the left and two to the right uh, could significantly change, and, and only time will play that out. And, you know, here we are evaluating and, and analyzing the draft and what Jacksonville should do. I, I, I hear a lot of complaints uh, by draft Knicks when they say, well, he's a 24-year-old rookie, so that's a risk. And Obviously, a year ago, Jacksonville selected two 24-year-old rookies, Fortner there on offense, Devin Lloyd on defense. I actually like it, especially at center, to have a guy who is a year and some change older than Trevor Lawrence. And we know that Lawrence is beginning year three, Fortner is beginning year two, but he's an incredibly intelligent guy. 
he's also uh, has experience and has been able to develop that body a few extra years and as well uh, is this his overall mental capacity compared to 21 year old rookies so you know I, I don't understand completely why people think that it's bad to draft a rookie who's 24 years of age after what you just explained the center of this football team I'd rather have Luke Fortner at 24 than getting ready for a second year being only 22. Yeah, I agree. And and so, it, you know, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch those two guys develop. You hope it's a Jeff Saturday, Peyton Manning uh, combination, um, you know, moving forward. Maybe Fortner could even be a little bit better than uh, uh, than Saturday as a player, which is asking a lot. Uh, it'd be asking a tremendous amount for Trevor to be better than Peyton Manning. But uh, but but maybe we'll be lucky enough to, to cover that kind of a career here. I the star of the show, Rick, was Calvin Ridley. As great as it is to see Trevor Lawrence, because obviously that's always fantastic, but this was our first look at Calvin Ridley, and uh, really impressive. First off, he comes in and shakes everybody's hand. So you've been you've been in that room, Rick. That's 15 people. Uh, walks mm-hmm. in, goes around the, the entire square of the room, shakes everybody's hand, uh, uh, which I thought was really impressive. And uh, and boy, did he give us some quotes. Uh, Calvin Ridley seems very to be a very nice guy, but but boy, uh, was he fun to talk to, uh, particularly in that environment. Press conferences can kind of sometimes be a little sterile, as we know. But uh, but Ridley was great. I mean, he was asked about uh, the fourteen yard uh, projection that he put in his Players Tribune article, and and he said, "Look, I'm a fourteen hundred yard player. I uh, you know that's." That's what I am now. You know, only God will you know will will determine that. Who knows what happens over a course of a season? But he was like, my 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 comment to that was, uh, you know, I'm a 1400 yard type player. And then he added, with a broken foot, uh, which mm. I thought was hilarious because obviously he's detailed that in the uh, wonderful Players Tribune essay that he penned a couple weeks ago. Again, or a couple months ago. If you haven't read that. By the way, if you're a Jaguars fan, I would could not recommend it more because Calvin goes into all sorts of details about his life. Um, but uh, but it was interesting, you know. He he made a point to say, you know, I'm not soft. I I love this game. I love football, and uh, it, it was it was really cool to to hear him talk about that. To hear him talk about the belief that Doug Peterson is has verbalized to him. I, you know, he, he said, Doug Peterson, you know, to have this great person who uh, believes in me so much, it, it means so much to me. And then the other part of it, Rick, that I thought was interesting is Calvin was asked, you know, what, when you, after the trade, you knew you were going to be a Jaguar. So obviously you start watching the Jaguars for the final, you know, basically nine, 10 games of the season. And the question was, what did you take away from watching that? And Calvin said, well, I watched every play at least 10 or 12 times. Uh, so I had a very good idea and, and could visualize myself and and what I would be doing. And he said the, the the difference that he's hoping for this year is he said, I noticed a lot of slow starts. And they'd get hot. You know, as the game went on, they'd get hot. But he's, he said, I feel like I'm a player that throughout my career, you know, teams have made it a point to get me the ball sometimes as early as like the first play of the game. And he said, "My hope is that I can help bring that energy right away, uh, and and bring that instant production to the offense." So I, I thought really insightful, great stuff to hear from Calvin Ridley. Yeah, unfortunately, that's been a a problem regardless of who the coach has been or who the quarterback has been. 
this organization has just started so slow the last several years. And, you know, this past season, they were able to come from behind, including, what, 27 nothing in the playoffs and do it. But uh, that has to change. Yeah, you take on a really good team, and chances are you're not going to be able to fight uh, that way coming from behind. Yeah, the Players' Tribune piece on Wrigley really spoke volumes of, of what he's about. He's not trying to dodge uh, any of the issues that, that he has had to deal with, um, you know, the upbringing, uh, the physical injury, the betting, the scenarios he's had with mental health. So, yeah, he's a 28-year-old. He's got a one-year deal left, but it, it, it feels like, and there's another guy who came in, you know, not at the age of 21. He, he was older than your, your average rookie, but you know, it really feels like he's put himself in a prove-it type year position and and Jacksonville's had some success with that they did with Engram and you know they did with Key last year we we saw what Juwan Taylor did in the contract year I think best case scenario for the Jaguars is and I I know that folks aren't going to want to hear this but it it is realistic is that Ridley plays so well that you're talking about priority number one and priority number two once you get to next year in the offseason is doing the Trevor Lawrence deal sooner than later and also finding a way to get Calvin Ridley locked up let's say for at least a minimum of two more years but you know maybe three and I'm sure the contract will actually read four years where you can get out of it late but that would be just phenomenal to have a bona fide number one wide receiver I'm not trying to slight Kirk or Jones or Agnew or or anyone else I mean they have plenty of weapons but that, you know, they're still missing, in my opinion, that that true number one. And and Calvin Wrigley, to me, uh, can be that guy. He's going to be under a microscope. And, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to watch how things go uh, throughout the entire process, because it, certainly he means a lot here to the city and to this team. But it also feels like for himself, he needs to prove that he can do what he believes he can do. And I think staying healthy, you know, physically and mentally is uh, is really the key there for Calvin Ridley to, to hear that he's watched every play 10 to 12 times. That should tell Jaguar fans everything that they need to know as far as his, you know, preparation. He's certainly in great physical shape. We've seen that in the limited uh, tape that has been out there that, that has become viral. And uh, obviously uh, he appears to be physically set, but you know, it's the other side. It's it's the preparation. It's the game-to-game, week-to-week process of uh, getting ready to face that next opponent. And right now, early on, it, it feels really positive here for Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I think so. And, and Rick, you and I will be down there again tomorrow for the draft luncheon. Uh, give us a preview. What are a couple things that, that you're going to be honing in on uh, when Doug Peterson and, and Trent Baalke meet with us? Well, you know, I totally expect um, – for them to say we are in a position to draft the best possible and highest rated guy on our board. And you know, it's coming, but you also know that that is flawed. If it's a quarterback, they're not going to take them. If it's a running back, they're not going to take them. Uh, I want an offensive lineman. I, I can't state it enough. You go back to when Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl, and you just look at the five years in Philly and you look at the wide receivers, and you look at the running backs and how they changed. He had one 1,000-yard receiver, and it was a tight end in Zach Ertz. He had a dominant offensive line. 
and he had a nasty defense. And with uncertainty at left guard, you hope Walker Little you know, does win that right tackle job. And if so, next year he's in the final year of his deal. Cam Robinson, as we've talked about, I mean, you could pay him nothing after the year. You're going to write a check, you know, I guess a $5 million dead cap money check, but you don't have to give him anything if he doesn't pan out on the left side. And the reason that I just mentioned, you're going to have to pay Trevor and you're going to have to pay Calvin Ridley, we hope. You can't afford to go out and spend money on the best overall tackle who is a free agent. And I hope that Jacksonville also drafts, you know, deep into the 20s, heck, maybe even to the 30s because they have a successful year, which translation means the great tackles in next year's draft aren't going to be available either. So now all of a sudden you have this juggernaut offense, but you have serious questions on the offensive line. I've seen some of the surveys for corner, and I've seen some surveys for defensive end, but that's going to be my emphasis tomorrow. I I would love to get a good feel that this football team has to address the offensive line, and I hope they do it in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. want to thank John Spicklemeyer as we get out of here. Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, 471-7155. Give John a call. Let him go over your car insurance policy. Make sure you're not paying too much. Uh, trust me, John Spicklemeyer has saved me money on multiple occasions, so you owe it to yourself to uh, and your pocketbook to give him a call. Let him take a look. Again, 471-7155, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Rick, I'm excited. Draft luncheon tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, no doubt about it. You can just Blue 1010XL. And, Hayes, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, please reach out at Hayes Carlion. Yeah, feed us your comments because we're going to do another podcast here uh, as well coming up after the draft luncheon, so we'll be able to get to your questions. But it's a busy week here in Jacksonville, as always. We do appreciate it. And thank you once again for listening to Death, Taxes, and Duval.